Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's daily ATS meeting. Glad to have each and every one of you on. Always a pleasure to see your shining, smiling faces or shining, smiling pictures, whatever, you know, just as long as y'all on. We, we happy to see y'all. <laughs> Always happy to see y'all. Hey, Renee. <laughs> so um, to get started, I'm going to show a, a video to everyone to get us get us going and get us in the mind frame. Let me share my screen. Oh, make sure, Dean, let me make sure I share it properly now. <laughs> All right. Please do. <laughs> Hold on, let me minimize. There we go. All right, here we go. You obviously have filters that you apply on selecting people as you do on stocks. Can you tell us a little bit about what those filters are? That is a key, key question, because when we buy businesses, we don't have managers to put in them. I mean, we, we are not buying them that way. We don't have a lot of MBAs around the office uh, that we're thank god yeah that i you know i have not promised that they're going to have all kinds of opportunities and so as a practical matter we need management with the businesses that we buy and three times out of four thereabouts 
the manager is the owner and is receiving tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. So they're not, they don't have to work. And we have to decide in that time when we meet them, whether they love the business or love money. And we're not making a moral judgment. Charlie may, but I, I'm not making a moral judgment about whether it's better to love the business or love money, but it's very important for me to know which, which of the two is the primary motivator with them. And we have had extremely good luck in identifying people who love their business. So all, all we have to do is avoid anything that, on our part, that diminishes that love of the business or makes other conditions so intolerable that they overcome that love of the business. And we have all we have a number of people working for us that have no financial need to work at all. And they probably outwork, you know, ninety five percent or more of the people in the world. And they do it because they, they just they love smacking the ball. And uh, we almost we virtually had no mistakes in that respect. And we have identified a number of people, Charlie and I have in terms of proposals to us, where we felt that they did really, they liked the money better than the business. They were kind of tired of the business, you know, and, and they might promise us that they would continue on and they would do it in good faith, but something would happen six months later, or a year later, and they'd, they'd say to themselves, why am I doing this, you know, for Berkshire Hathaway when I, got, when I could be doing whatever else they want to do? I can't tell you exactly how we, what filter it is that we, that we put them through uh, mentally, but I, I can tell you that if you've been around a while, you can I think you can have a pretty high batting average in, 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 in coming to those conclusions, as you can about other aspects of human behavior. I'm not saying you can take a hundred people and take a look at them and analyze their personalities or anything of the sort, but I think when you see the extreme cases, the ones that are going to cause you nothing but trouble or the ones that are going to bring you nothing but, but uh, joy, I think you can identify those pretty well. Charlie? Well, yeah, I think it's pretty simple. You've got integrity, uh, intelligence, and experience, and dedication. And that's what human enterprises need to run well. And, and we've been very lucky in, in getting this marvelous group of uh, associates to work with all these years. But we filter out a lot of people. And then they say, "How well, how do you filter them out? I would say, and I think Charlie will agree with this, People give themselves away fairly often, and maybe it does help to have been around as long as we have in seeing the various ways they give, give themselves away. They, when somebody comes to me with a business, and I probably shouldn't tell this publicly because they'll probably tailor their approach subsequently, but when, when they come, just the very things they talk about, what they regard as important and not important, there are a lot of clues that come as the subsequent behavior. And like I say, we've, we've really had a, a batting average I wouldn't have thought we would have had in the people that we've joined with, but it hasn't been 100%. It's been well above 90. And I, I, I get asked that, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you make those judgments? And uh, I don't know, Charlie, can you articulate the way we do it? <laughs> Well, partly we're deeply suspicious when the proposition is too good to be true. Hey, you ever seen a wealthy person or a wealthy family or a jet owner? Like, I got a jet, I'm sorry, you know. You
All right. So there you go. Oh, oh sorry, y'all. There we go. Okay. All right. So there is that. That was a video of Warren Buffett, why I fire people. That was that. I'll put that link in the chat for anybody who wants that. And I am about yes, to. It has its place. No, no. You, yeah, you, no, you don't have to turn over this yet, but it has its place. Y'all are. Today's topic, Grace, is allow me to be a conspiracy theorist. That's today's topic. Allow me to be a conspiracy theorist. Kim, how did your event go? It went great. Thank you to everyone that was, was able to contribute, that helped out. We serviced over 200 and something people. And I posted some of the pictures on my uh, Facebook page. So it went, it went well. Thank you. Right. And I haven't had a chance to talk to you. So Antonio, my condolences to you and your family. Thank you so much. Yes, I just woke up to an email from Adoni as well. That was best email on the planet. And I, I hadn't had a chance to respond yet. But yes, I was out about it. Grateful. Grateful. Uh, sorry for it being late. Hey, how you? How is love going to be late? You talking about? <laughs> That's like that anniversary money our pastor talks about. That ain't never late. <laughs> Unexpected money is always on time. Always on time. I know that's right. <laughs> no, it was a beautiful email and it was a great start to the day. Great start to the day. Let's let's think about me for a second. Grace, pull up, cue up the other video. We want to think about who I am. I am insanely strategic. It means I don't do anything. I, I I wouldn't know how to sit before you. Oh, thank you so much, Dolores. I wouldn't know how to sit before you and randomly teach anything. I just wouldn't know how to do it. It it, it, it would always stack on top of itself because it's my gift. It's just what I do. It's, it's just, you know, Susan suffers from the same gift and curse. It has to make sense. It just has to make sense. It has to. It has to. Today I'm going to tell you why I do what I'm doing, but I had Grace read these questions to you because just last week I told Deanna the talk about point zero one or send that stuff over to me because I had decided last week that the best way I can get you all to invest and bless you, right, was with the board game. It was the vehicle that had the most upside. It also had the opportunity for me to get the smaller folk and not just the five thousand dollars. And it comes with a 25% return on interest, which Grace will talk about. You talked about it already, Grace? No, sir. I did the video okay. first. No doubt. So you, you, you're gonna, you're still going to do it, and Dallas still going to do her part. Okay. But I need you all to walk with me and allow me to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm going to start first with this video. Grace, if you can play it, I would be most excellent. Yes, sir. Pleased. All right. Here we go. It's 10 minutes. We may do 10 minutes. We may not. We'll find out. Okay. Go ahead, Grace. 
that don't want what we know out there. You'll never get those on CNBC. But our school system will never tell us that because they're part of the process. Fake money, fake teachers, fake assets. I know the game of the rich. My rich dad taught me. You know it because you're the banker. The bankers and the rich play is different than what they teach you in school. All over the world, what does school teach you about money? And the answer is nothing. And that's not a mistake. That's not an accident. I knew that. Most people know that. The way to keep the poor and middle class working hard is never teach them what the rich know. So if you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which came out in 1997, it's what the rich teach their kids about money. The poor and middle class do not. A house or a laptop? Which one do you think is worth more? Well, well definitely not the house because it not only poverty hurts. I mean, I don't like it. And I don't like that our academic system is so corrupt. You know, we, we know the banking system is corrupt. We know politics is corrupt. But, ac but academics is just as corrupt. I mean, one thing if it's the banking and the politics, but this is where we send our children and we trust them to do the right things for them. And yet they're being not taught something so fundamental. Like you asked your dad when you were a kid, Dad, you asked your teacher, when are you going to teach us about money? And it was just never. Well, never. And they'll never will. You know something. What do you know? Share it. What is financial education? It's not get a job, work hard, save money, and invest in a well-diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. The financial industry is two things, debt and taxes. It's 1971, Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard, and the US dollar became debt. And we still tell kids to go to school, get a job, work hard, save money and get out of debt. Now who tells them to do that? That's the most ridiculous thing there is. The book starts and it says line number one, saving money will make you rich. Yeah, it never will. You we'll know work. that. All taught that as kids. Why would you save it and why would you work for it if they can print it as faster than you can work for it? Why do you keep saving when they're printing it? Rich don't work for money. Don't you touch that stuff. It's very subtle, right? Yeah. They don't say, I'm going to train you to be a worker bee the rest of your life, but they educate you in a way where that's what you come out. Right. What else was he, what was he trying to do those first few months where you working for him? What was he trying to get across to you? Because he taught you the hard way about money. And she says, if you're going to be a successful in your life, you've got to find the best teachers. And a great teacher is somebody who comes from the inside, not the outside. But in school, you don't know if your instructor is for real or not. That's where the fake teacher comes from. I said, I want you to teach me about money. So it was, so why should I teach you? He said, but Stop if, if I teach you, you work for me for free. This time I want you to rewind it. Cue it up one more time. This time I want you to take notes. I want you to pay particularly, yes, yes, Phil, yes. And it's a mic drop, it is. Depending on your level of awareness and financial education, Robert Kiyosaki was hitting on all cylinders.
I answered the question before he answered the question. What did the school teach you about money? I said, nothing. And I was a teacher. I know. <laughs> These kids, nothing about money. Never yeah, you never learned anything about money. There's two. He gives you two. I have discovered a third. Write these down. I want, I want you to hear the video again, same minutes, with these three in mind. He gives you these two. Debt, taxes. He gives you those two. Debt, taxes. They're telling you to not get in debt, even though you know, taxes is most certainly a debt. It's a debt you can't avoid. But they can print money faster than you can get out of debt. And every dollar is debt. It is only debt. It is not a dollar. It is a legal tender, 1961, got rid of the gold standards. We borrow that dollar from the Federal Reserve and, well, excuse me, they borrow that dollar from the Federal Reserve and they pass on their debt to the we. There you go. That's far more accurate. They owe money. When they get money, go ahead, Grace. No, no go ahead. Okay. Not trying to go down a rabbit hole, but how did Nixon take the dollar off the gold standard? What did I, I'm trying to understand that's just, that? That's just that's just you remember that the conjunction junction was show function, all of them shows like that. Yeah, yeah. This, I am a bill. That one, yes. That one? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I am a bill. That's out. That's how. <laughs> You know, we only had three channels when we was growing up, y'all. Yeah, know, you know, <laughs> and, and, and all the baby boomers they had they had radios. They had they had they had uh, what was it called, Grace? Uh, the uh, Twilight Zone was was, yep. was and they had professional professional readers over the radio. Listen, different characters. Okay. Grandma used to tell me about these soap <laughs> these soap operas that came on over the radio. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man, that was that was no, that was they and they and they went in. I mean, they were voice actors, you know, they were voice actors. They they did for sure. That's how Grace. Yeah, I am a bill. Pull that clip up, Grace. Just make it know what I'm talking about, you know. I mean, you know, you got <laughs> classic. Everybody know. <laughs> It said, like, in the internet talk, if you know, you know, right? Everybody know that. That's how it got done. It was just a bill that got passed. I'm sure they distracted you with something just so they can do it. Today is going to be, uh, uh, today's topic, Deanna, allow me to be a conspiracy theorist, okay? That's so weird. Grace has apologized for going down a rabbit hole. I got the topic saying, follow me down the rabbit hole. Robert Kiyosaki says, and I'm doing this because I have, I want to have a meeting with Michelle, not Michelle, Melissa right after this and, and all sorts of stuff. And so it's a lot, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot going on. And I want you all to know they are lying and they use bully tactics to do it all the time and they use teachers to do it. And he is so right when he says even the education system is corrupt. And I'm going to now bother you and ruffle your feathers and tell you as gently and ungently as possible, why would you think your religious 
institution is not corrupt. Like you genuinely think we've corrupted every industry but yours. Like when you critically think about that the same people in your mosque and your church are the same people who leave that and then be human. You do realize as soon as we start praying, we go back to being human. Allow me to be a conspiracy theorist. As soon as Ken stopped preaching, he go back to, I got these bills. And it makes no sense that you think that in your religious walls, it is uncorrupt. You know how some of us, not talking to everybody, not talking to everybody, I'm only talking to some of us, but when we get in the car, we ain't got no tin on the windows field, but somehow we still think that's a safe place. We get to singing like we don't sing. Now y'all don't want to, don't want to, you don't play with me. We get to Whitney Houston. And uh, we get our head moving and all that stuff like that because we're in a car, can't nobody see us, even though everybody can see us. You know, we have this illusion that you can't see me doing all this, you know. Making my way downtown. Doing all that stuff. Okay, because you can't hear me, right? It's all that stuff. But it's that illusion that we have when we're in our religious walls that Jerome stops being a human forever. No. As soon as Jerome finishes praying and giving his tithes, he goes back to GMC saying, we're going to repo your car if you don't do what you're supposed to do. So the, the idea that your religious establishment is not corrupt, has not been corrupted. The idea that your religious establishment doesn't still give its mortgage to a bank. Your religious establishment pays a financial institution in bed with the government and the Federal Reserve. And for whatever reason, we think it's been untouched. That's black, white, Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter. He gave you debt. I want you to, we're going to replay this video for about five, five, four minutes. He says, debt is the trick. He also gave you taxes because taxes is another form of debt. And he tells you, it is not implicit, it is explicit. That means he's openly telling you that they're sending you to school to work for money, which is automatically debt. And if you work for it, then I can print more than you can ever work for. So this is a debt system. And then you got to pay taxes, which is debt. You're not paying attention. When you make money, you're acquiring debt. And then they take you for the first three months of your working year and put an extra debt on top of you. That's what he says. I'm going to give you a third one. And it's unearned income. This game is about the original people. That's a loaded term. That's however whatever people group thinks is the original people. 
that's that could be whoever whoever's in control they're saying this country belongs to us however they want to do that this this these finances this bank this this yacht club this this bandana company whoever says this belongs to us there's so many different levels it's so muddy that on every level someone is saying this belongs to us and on every level someone is dying for what does not belong to them may i give you two examples i'm going to make both examples extreme Phelan Antonio go vote for their politician on the ballot. I was going to say of choice, but allow me to be a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> We're not really choosing those politicians on the ballot. And then those people on the ballot get in and get assimilated and all of a sudden, Melissa, they start saying, well, this belongs to us. We represent the company. And it's no longer about me and Phil anymore. It's about maintaining their job position. Is anybody going to disagree with this? Because I need to, if, I mean, I'm going to be very respectable. I want to get reelected. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to be re-elected. Phil put me in position to battle this thing, but I tried, it didn't work. So let me get re-elected first, and then maybe I'll come back to it. All right, Antonio, that's not, it's not. That's not true. Okay. Let's take that same example. Let's go to your religious establishments. Let's go to you being an imam, you being a pastor, rabbi, and it's all three. Or a priest, which is still three. But you do that. And I can assure you, said priest, said imam, said pastor, said rabbi, needs to be re-elected. You know, there's no election process in my place. So what you're telling me is that while I'm following God's vision, I'm also not worried about my earthly security. Let's do it this way, Jerome. Sure ain't no election process in Jerome Church, but let Jerome pass the mess up a few times and watch how that meeting don't happen for that majority vote. Don't go ahead and uh, threaten him and his family lifestyle. Church already paying for the light bill and all passing utilities. Paying for his housing too. Pastor paid off his mortgage real early, 10 years early, didn't he? Praise God for Jerome and now. You think for one second, some of pastor's decisions ain't based on 
okay, who do I have that's going to help me with this and who do I have that's going to resist it? It doesn't make sense that you don't think that all of us are looking at our businesses and going, damn, this business exists in this world. I need to make a few different decisions. You get all the connotation you want. You take all these classes you want. But as soon as you leave field, you got to turn to the right and go, I don't know what to do. Field not here no more. I don't do my business. I don't do it with my hands. Because once you leave, you get smacked in the face with the stuff we didn't prepare you for. That's one example. Here's the other. I'm showing you that pastor and members are dying for something and they don't own that church. Don't even own that mosque. Nope. You know who owns it? The bank or the state. You can non-profit all you want to. You can non-profit all you want to. If you think you own your church, your mosque, your whatever, don't pay light bills. See what happens. Oh no, but we're we're we're, we're givers. <laughs> you didn't give this light bill. Even in your religious establishments, you are renting the comforts that you believe are yours. You rent that air conditioning. You rent them. You rent that running water. It'll take you off anytime they get. If you don't think so, don't pay your water bill. See what happens. Don't pay the janitor. See how much that church starts stinking real quick. Here's another example. Where I grew up, Kim. I grew up twice. I'm going I'm to take you to the Crips. Not the blood. I'm going to take you to the Crips. I was with my mom and dad. They was in the bloods area. But then at my homeless time, I was with the Crips. You know what I'm saying? And OG, triple OG. C-Roy. Leroy named Janice became C-Roy. That's how we, where I come from. I said, let me give you two extreme examples of what I said, Grace. I did say that. I did. I went straight. Republican money, and now I'm going to the hood. All right, two extreme examples. We wore blue clothes. Bled the block. Y'all don't know what that means. How you put that in? How you put that in English, Grace? Would you? Yeah. yeah. I, I want to say post it up, but even that's not English. That's mm. not English. You couldn't out, roll yeah. down our street without feeling uncomfortable. That's, that's it. There you go. This was our territory. Well, we knew who you knew. You knew who didn't belong there, right? You knew who didn't belong in there. Doing it here, white man. It's our block. No, 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 no. What you doing in here? What you doing here, old lady? It's our block. Oh no, he good. He good. Let him through. We wore bandanas. What colors? We wouldn't even let you in. But here's the deal. 
I'm going to say all that over again with more details this time, Kim. We wore colors from clothing companies we had no stock in. Went to the hood store we didn't know who let us in two at a time. I don't want to play with me. With no backpacks. Two at a time. Bought bandanas, we didn't know. From a hood store, we didn't know. We died, got shot on blocks, we didn't know. We lived in black populated neighborhoods owned by white people. Those are two extreme examples of I'm dying for it, but I don't own it. And now, Merging those two examples together, y'all in one big game. All of y'all are gang members. All of you. The gang of capitalism. It has no country affiliation. If you think we got a country affiliation, then why are there Federal Reserve banks everywhere? Ax Field, he's the smartest person in here. Every American ally as a Federally Reserve Bank. If you're not our ally, you ain't got no Federal Reserve Bank. Look it up. <laughs> if, if the U.S. dollar is on reserve, that's why, what is it, 75% of the world trades the U.S. dollar? That's insane. We three hundred. We we're less than one percent of the world's population. It makes no sense. But wherever there's a Federal Reserve, there's an ally. Wherever there's not a Federal Reserve, there's our mortal enemy. And we there is no TV. We probably... and democracy. <laughs> right. But think about this. I want you to respect. Grace, for share this video, I want you to play it one more time, Grace, and I want you to see today's topic, if you're just joining us, Antoine, you're not just joining us, but I'm just using your name. Allow me to be a conspiracy theorist. He says debt, he says taxes, and I'm telling you unearned income. Why, Melissa? Because they cannot wait to make income off of what you're doing. They're using debt and they're using taxes to go back to one thing that they learned during the transatlantic slavery trade. Free money, show is good. You're not paying attention. I want you to, Grace, Google this. Hold on real quick. This is why I get in trouble, Jerome. I connect too many dots. It's my problem. Watch this here. Grace, I want you to Google the start of capitalism. Just just go ahead and do it. The official date of capitalism. You're going to see things about Marxism and you're going to see things like that. Don't worry about it. Just Google the official date of capitalism. Just keep going until you find it. Capitalism has been around 500 years, just so we're clear. That, that's what it said. You're just fine. That's what it said. The history of the past 500 years is concerned with the development oh. of capitalism. Oh. 
There you go. There you go. I done read two extremely boring books on capitalism. No, well, listen, 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 keep keep Google in the background to find the official date. You know, it's not going to be too official, but it'll be, they're going to give you Marxism. They're going to give you Marxism and socialism. They're going to give you another one. I forget the name of it. And they're going to say somewhere around this time. Like we know the Enlightenment period started at 1750, but that's something we decided after 1750. We put a little line there. What else? Can somebody else tell me what else started 500 years ago, please? No? Slavery? Mm-hmm. You're not paying attention. You're just not paying attention. Let me help you out. Remove the anger, guilt, or shame from slavery itself. We're not having a slavery conversation. You can, you, you'll be okay. I'm not... I'm not going to hold you responsible for what your ancestors did. But I do want to tell you that every organization on the planet, including the church, who are the biggest culprits, benefited from the transatlantic slave trade. Here's what I'm telling you. Thank you so much, sir. You see what I'm doing. Every major institution on this planet got a good taste, unearned income. Then capitalism starts around the same time. It's good. You can say, ah, Tony, you're 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 wrong. Cool, but you're gonna have a hard time developing a better argument. Well, there was many different factors. It was, and I get it. But I'm not arguing morality. I'm arguing that people, let me me help you out. If you, we're not talking about ownership of slaves. Do Do you know that you cannot own slaves, but import and export them and still benefit? That's all right. I got you. Unearned income. This is vitally important. The closer a country is to slave labor, the more integral it is to the global economy. And when those countries shut down, you literally cannot have anything like you cannot sell anything in the pious first world countries. Right. Right. He's absolutely right. I tell you, well, give us some proof then. Give us some proof. Say less. We got you. No worries. I got you, Jerome. I give you some, let me give you some real things that you can look at and observe yourself. Let's ride Ibrahim's energy for a second. And let's talk about a different form of slavery. We're going to call it child labor. Will we agree that child labor is slavery? See, we have no problem with that. See, See we like that. I said remove your guilt and shame away from such. We know child labor is slavery. Name me one, I'm going to use the words we use, developed country that developed without child labor. Go ahead. Possible. Every superpower today, every developed country today, 
only got developed due to the industrial, well, it was two things that happened. If you were in Europe during the Middle Ages, so you're talking about 1400, then you had to afford Navy travel, and then you can get income by people like Christopher Columbus, America uh, Vespucci. But that was pillaging other people's possessions. Was that too much? Okay. Give me another example. That's unearned income, too. That is exactly unearned income. We call it exploring. Exploring what? When you explored and brought back gold, you brought back gold from another person's economy. Unearned income. During the past 500 years, we figured out a better way. We figured out a better way. We called it a labor force, but you're not paying attention because you're so brainwashed that you haven't identified that I'm making us the new slaves. You're not identifying that the labor force is why I want you to go back. We're going to go back and watch the video, but I'm framing your thinking. I want you to go back and watch that the labor force is somebody else's unearned income. Antonio, tell us how many people do they have jobs? Well, that's a good question. Question. That's a good question. Let me ask you a better question, Jerome. In 1850, how many people had jobs? Grace, Google the start of the Industrial Revolution. I do this all day, y'all. I do this all day. My, my degrees to force me to be a historian. While she's doing the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, while she's giving me the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, this in, in, any day, Grace, I already know what it is, though. I already said it. Oh, it says from around 1760 to about 1820, 1840. Uh -huh. Right, it just depends. Okay, you can stop right there. It depends on if we're talking about the Industrial Revolution in England, because that's where the steam engine was invented, or if we're talking about when the, industrial when the steam engine became to the colonies, or when it went to India, right? That's what, that's, that's what that is. Come on, walk with me real quick, because I'm talking only about business. How many people had jobs in 1760, Melissa? How many of your ancestors had jobs? None. My last name is Smith. Somebody was a blacksmith, swordsmith, cardsmith, something. <laughs> something. <laughs> they were the smith of something, Jerome. Back, like just back in 1800, 1899. Just back in 1899, you was a real man if you built your own house. But then, somebody like Phil saw the dots together and start making prefabricated houses. 
just take these things <laughs> and roll them up. What do you do? When you see an opportunity and you take it, you make people's life easier. That's the whole point. But it's work smart. You give me your, <laughs> give me your thing, Phil. <laughs> work smart, have fun, and make money. Phil came through and said, Jerome, is that really having fun? He <laughs> gave you prefabricated houses, and all of a sudden, <laughs> the Sorrentino clan owned the first bank of whatever industry, right? Whatever that may be. You get the point. I'm not telling you this is wrong. I'm telling you, smart people say, hey, you know what I should do? I should make sure your life easier. This is the whole point of innovation. And innovation and technology has zero drawbacks, except for in capitalism. That was a very strong educational point that I just made. Technology is supposed to make you lazy. It's supposed to make your job easy. But in capitalism, when I make your job easy, Janice, why would I need you for it? If I get unearned income off this piece of technology, what the hell are you here for? You are now earned income. Ibrahim, I am not rambling. Hey, Secret to Success listeners, Deanna here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Well, today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. See, NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Now, how many of you can use some additional information so you can make smarter decisions with your money? It's okay. I'll be the first to raise my hand because ner- the nerds have helped me get smarter about things like saving on travel because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night, maybe, a, you know, a small shopping spree or a fancy dinner or two. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Also, boosting my credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code, seriously, like a real-life cheat code, and then saving for an emergency fund because... Life is like a good movie. It just loves a good plot twist. So listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I have not gotten off track. The yeah, punchline to, is... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. If there's even even if it's not technology, even if it's just cheaper labor, if there is a way for me to get more income by paying less, then you're not my unearned income, even if you're earning me a profit. You are an unrequired expense. <laughs> an unrequired expense. Right, now, you, now people are like, well, okay, so I got you. So what's, what are we going to do about it? I got you. Let me give you the punchline up front because I'm building it. It's 
that's the reason why I want to do the board game. Monopoly came out when Think and Grow Rich came out. Roaring 20s. Monopoly, I told Grace that this morning, she was like, for real? Like, Grace thought Monopoly came out last year, for you. And man, <laughs> it's been out. <laughs> and it's still relevant. And Monopoly will be here tomorrow. And when I'm long dead and gone, Monopoly will still be here. It is a board game that continuously teaches people how to get out of the rat race. And as long as we have capitalism, that board game is going to always be relevant. Antonio, well, you're arguing against capitalism. No, I'm not. Capitalism is fine. I mean, I could have about five major flaws. But anything we put in gonna have flaws. If I create heaven on earth right now, y'all gonna do everything you can to make it hell. Just so you can feel comfortable again. <laughs> so no, there's no real sense of saying something is wrong, something is right. I'm just, I just have a John Oliver and his writing team way of looking at things. I'm just, I'm a critical thinker. And I'm telling you that, well, Robert Kiyosaki told you, debt and taxes. Right now, every time Alyssa have a meeting, she's realizing, damn, every last one of these meetings got something to do with y'all putting me in more debt. Now, but they don't, they don't say it that way, Jerome. No, no. That's not the way it's pitched. That's not the way it's pitched. And then here's the deal. And as soon as you don't fall in line quickly with your debt, well, you know what? I just, I just, I, maybe we should just terminate the whole thing. I'm not paying attention. They do. Name me one area of your life this doesn't happen. They say, well, Grace, I'll tell you what, we can, we'll offer you this job, but you don't have much time. Every economist on this planet would tell you having a 0% unemployment rate is a very bad thing. Don't let me feel this a genius, especially anytime you talk about economics, this is Phil's bread and butter. He just, he breathes this stuff. Phil, if everybody on the planet had a job, Antonio, what's wrong with that? Yes, sir. Well, first of all, 5% of the population is unemployable. Now we know why we can't get our order right when we go through the drive-thru. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And they all had the drive-thru thing. If everybody had a Kim, if everybody had a job, then I can't fire you. I ain't got nobody to replace you with. So you can just be there and be like, whatever, I ain't doing nothing. And if everybody go, I'm not doing nothing, there's nothing I can do about it. If everybody went to Starbucks and said, we're not doing anything today, there's nothing that can happen. You call it a strike. <laughs> go ahead, Ibrahim. That's called an employee's market, right? 
for the most part, capitalism runs on employer's market. There are brief periods of employee's market and it almost always bounces back. And that's what recently happened as well. The great resignation, Gen Z thought was some interesting new thing that was happening. It was just what happened like whenever, you know, whenever employees get more power and get, uh, there's a shortage of employees within a specific context. So for a short while, there was an employees market globally as well, and especially in the US, but it's bouncing back now. Uh, in fact, they did a survey and uh, over 70% of the people who resigned in the so-called great resignation are feeling remorse. And now the newspapers are loving it. They're calling it the great uh, remorse following the great resignation. <laughs> well, we know how to sell fear, don't we? <laughs> We're really good at it. We got great headlines for it too. The great headlines for it. But he's right though. I mean, you know, that's that's definitely that's definitely something. Grace, play this video again. Yeah, I want y'all to hear that axis, but I want you to hear now the underlining agenda. I need more unearned income. Oh, hold on, hold on, stop the screen real quick, Grace. And what does I need unearned income look like? The wealthy don't do none of this stuff. The wealthy is not doing what is being taught. They are taking the path of unearned income. And let me just say this. And there's no real, I'm going to say it respectively, but there's no way on the planet that this is, this is, I'm going to say something very emotionally charged. I'm going to talk about Donald Trump and his bid for presidency. Again, just to be clear. I've already pissed off many of you in the audience. I understand. I'm being respectable. But I want to show you what the wealthy do. It's okay? Jay-Z has a song that offended some folks. I'll use the word Negro. Poor Negro, basketball Negro, rich Negro, still a Negro. I want you to pay attention to this real quick. Then no matter how rich he gets, he is still a Negro. Let us put some credence upon that, Melissa. Kyrie Irving shared a clip, no, excuse me, a link to a documentary series called From Hebrews to Negroes. Amazon still has it on Amazon. You're not paying attention. And it's safe to say there were no Europeans in the Bible. No such thing as Europeans. This is what it is, okay? Number one. Donald Trump has top secret documents on his coffee table. And he's running for president. Kyrie was supposed to be suspended for five games and is still not playing in the game right now. But Amazon is still running. Nobody said check because out Amazon. <laughs> I'm not going to answer why I want to answer why because I'm not really trying to get into the unfairness 
or not, and I'm not trying to get into the hypocrisy. All I'm trying to do is tell you, Melissa, that they teach you one way and then go around that way to get in front of you. That's all I'm trying to do. That's why I chose this Robert Kiyosaki video. And I'm being true to my agenda. And my agenda is, Wesley well, don't do that. But whatever you think, Wesley don't do that. So I want, you to, I want you to ask yourself, postulate in your mind anything. And I want you to just say, the wealthy don't do that. And then see if you're right. Let's see. Because the greatest thing Donald Trump could ever do, it's brilliant if you ask me. Hey, you know you can probably go to jail, huh? Not if I'm president. Some of this stuff makes sense. It's a great legal move. I'm not telling you it's bad. I'm not telling you it's good because that's not this argument. This argument is very simple, Dolores. The wealthy don't do that. It ain't my thesis. Robert Kiyosaki, play the video, Grace. You know, they're going to throw stones at me. What's it? No, out there. You'll never get those on CNBC. But our school system will never tell us that because they're part of the process. Fake money, fake teachers, fake assets. I know the game of the rich. My rich dad taught me. You know it because you're the banker. The bankers and the rich play is different than what they teach you in school. All over the world, the what does school do teach you about money? And the answer is nothing. And that's not a mistake. That's not an accident. I knew that. Most people know that. The way to keep the poor and middle class working hard is never teach them what the rich know. So if you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which came out in 1997, it's what the rich teach their kids about money, the poor and middle class do not. Poverty hurts. I mean, I don't like it. And I don't like that our academic system is so corrupt. You know, we, we know the banking system is corrupt. We know politics is corrupt. But, ac but academics is just as corrupt. I mean, one thing if it's the banking and the politics, but this is where we send our children and we trust them to do the right things for them. And yet they're being not taught something so fundamental. Like you asked your dad when you were a kid, Dad, you asked your teacher, when are you going to teach us about money? And it was just never. Well, never. And they'll never will. You know something. What do you know? Share it. What is financial education? It's not get a job, work hard, save money, and invest in a well-diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. The financial industry is two things, debt and taxes. It's 1971, Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard, and the US dollar became debt. And we still tell kids to go pause to school, quickly, get a job, screen, work hard, does the wealthy get in debt? No. Does the wealthy use debt? Yes. Do the wealthy pay taxes? No. Do the poor and middle class pay taxes? Yes. And of course the wealthy does do pay taxes, but they pay their fair share with loopholes. Legal, well-deserved loopholes. Antonio. Go on, Grace. Yes, sir. 
um, regular people pay the fair share taxes, uh, the, their taxes according to the fair share definition of the government. The wealthy pay their taxes according to the fair share definition of the wealthy. Right. Very well said. Very well said. Something I never thought of either. Absolutely. Go ahead, Grace. Save money and get out of debt. Now, who tells them to do that? That's the most ridiculous thing there is. The book starts and it says, lie number one, saving money will make you rich. Yeah, it never will. You know that. All taught that as kids. Why would you save it and why would you work for it if they can print it at faster than you can work for it? Why do you keep saving when they're printing it? Rich don't work for money. Don't you touch that. Rich don't work for money. Now, I had Grace play Warren Buffett's video at first. Some of y'all probably missed it. But he says he asked one question to point out liars. What are you in this? You can stop your screen, Grace. What are you in this business for? Are you in it for the money? Or are you in it for it because you love the business? And he says, we make very little mistakes. We've gotten extremely lucky with people who just love to smack the ball. Warren Buffett is saying is when you are money-driven, then you don't have the wealth mindset to know that making money is not what we do over here. Doing what we love and serving people, money automatically flows from that. So you're going to always have problems with people who make money because who are motivated by making money because it it cheetah tatters a line of poverty. Mindset, like just read, think and grow rich. It, it walks this mindset that you're motivated by money because, and now there's an if, iffy thing about it, and the wealthy just don't deal with people who haven't made a decision. Why am I bringing this up? I've been talking. I've been talking to all of you. Melissa has unique problems that are not problems. They are irritants, for sure. Like bathing in poison ivy. Melissa's things are a little bit more than problems. They irritants. Every time she's every time she get positive, it starts scratching, itching her. You know, and they're like, damn. Can't do anything about it. I got it. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I'll make a three <laughs> page of positive and have two lines of irritants. Exactly. <laughs> you get this extremely healthy coffee, but since you boil some poison ivy and put it in there as creamer, you know, it's basically what's going on. You know, basically what's going on. And I get it. It is what it is. If I ever had anything to tell you, I want you all to know that the people in power, I waited all this time to say they're sinners, the people in power have made this hard on purpose because unearned income. They are protecting their position in unearned income. Antonio, why would they do that? There's plenty to go around. It is. But when you bring 
your Abrahamic energy and nuance and ideas of innovation to my unearned income, you also bring the threat of competition. Now, I have to work again. There's one thing I know about human beings for sure. Well, I know two things about human beings for sure that I'm that I'm willing to I'm willing to put my hat on these, Kim. I know no matter how terrible a human being goes through something, they always get out of it. Always. Always. I know this for sure. No matter how hard you make it for a human, we are so resilient. I'm I'm not sure how to explain that any other way, but we <laughs> now you give us cancer, we make it a keynote. You know, we we just we just there's something about humans. No matter what you do to us, we just we're like cockroaches. We just keep on living. You know, <laughs> we just keep on living, no matter what you do to us. I know that for sure. I know that for sure. The second thing I know about humans, for sure, is that most of us, let me put a percentage on most of us, eighty percent, eighty twenty rule. We'll go with Pareto's principle. Most of us, whenever we get enough. our ministry changes to protecting enough instead of sharing enough. I know this in my human experience. Whenever, whatever enough is, if Kim becomes a politician, she needs enough votes. Whenever she gets enough votes, that's what she's going to do. Right now, she serves 280-some people. If Kim gets to 20,000 people, that she's serving. I'm, t- I'm telling you the tendency, I'm not telling you she's going to do this, but Kim's going to go, man, wait a minute now. We, we served 20,000. We, remember, we went up to 40,000. That was a lot of hard work, y'all. We didn't get to see our families. Let's just stay at 20,000 and we'll help other organizations. And obviously that's, that's when you start not protecting anymore. Let's just stay at 20000 a month or 20000 a day or something. I'm not telling you this is wrong. I'm just telling you the natural human tendency is when we get enough, we protect it. As soon as Susan found Phil, ah, ah, all y'all get away from here. Not mine. <laughs> Move. And I'm not telling you this is wrong. I'm telling you this is a natural human tendency to stop being abundance and start protecting the abundance we have. And about 80% of us collectively fall in that trap. Only 20%. I'm just doing Pareto's principle here. Don't get into that trap. And they just keep giving and keep giving and keep giving and keep giving. Is this wrong? No. But how do you tell, you know, some 
regular guy who didn't have nothing, who now has everything, to risk it and go back to not having nothing. How do you tell the the lady who can finally afford her daughter's insulin shots to keep risking it so she can't afford her daughter's insulin shots? Like, come on. I'm not saying we don't have our reasons. I'm just saying this is what we do. I'm doing point zero one. Grace, I had you strategically have them go through questions and they was quiet. Read number one, Grace. Yes, sir. Question number one. How can we become the company that will put us out of business? Is there a need for the ATS Business University if we have our own version of Monopoly that is as successful as Monopoly? Wouldn't the game be the business university? I've been having these questions that I gave her. I gave Grace 25 questions to ask to y'all. Because since 2000 and I think it was 17, I have been running my business based off these questions, these 25 questions. And I don't have the answers to all these questions. But I quoted where these questions came from. Like I went and did the research on all the richest people. Where, where does number one come from, Grace? Number one comes from Danny Mayer, CEO of Union Square Hospitality Group. Well, I figured back into, remember I told you, in 2016, I knew the business university had to make some changes. Well, 2017, I knew that. And I was like, well, how can I put this out of business? And I started developing a board game, but I didn't have it as much as I got it today. Now, it can go straight to manufacturing, no problem. If me, Deanna, and Grace sit down, <clears throat> the only thing that got to be done now is I think we got to invent like 20 cards. I think we did the rest of them. Yeah. And then we already designed the game board. I just have to off the chalkboard that Deanna drew and make it a graphic. That's it. And then it can go to print. It, it can are, go you, to print. are you still upset that she got that in a matter of minutes? Does she, <laughs> did you a matter of minutes. Took you years. I had to mess with him. Goes had to to show you. And just, just goes to show you a few things. I mean, women are smarter than men. If you're struggling, say it out loud and someone will fix the problem. And if you are in a relationship, just give it to the woman. You'll be fine. There you go. Can't, can't approve. Can't approve. <laughs> Glad you, you learned that early. Good job. Good job. Not early. <laughs> yeah, early. Just, just, just hand this thing over. Just move this out the way. Right? We got it. This is what I'm here for, boy. I got it. I understand. I, I completely understand. I completely understand. Now, of course, so you all can you, you all can hit your wagon should you want to. I think I told told Grace thousand dollars, right? But I think I dropped it down to five hundred. Yeah, you said five hundred. We don't need any of your money. It don't even cost that much. To be honest with you, I think it's. I got it. I pulled it up before. I showed it to y'all before. I think it cost me something like $3 per board. And then I put $10 for marketing, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken. 
So let's just say ten dollars per board. Which is we just way over. It doesn't, but it was like five thousand boards. I don't know. It came out to like thirty-five cents per board. Like it was, it was something like crazy. It was like thirty-five cents when you buy the boat. It was, it was pretty easy. But we're gonna say ten dollars per board. Worst case scenario, and then we'll say a hundred dollars. Well, we won't say a hundred dollars too much. We'll say twenty dollars for marketing. That's thirty dollars, but the board costs one hundred ninety-seven dollars. And the only goal is to sell 5,000 boards. Grace, put your, put, your, put your thing on the screen. Listen, I said $30, so I need you to take 197, so I need you to take 167 times 5,000. $835,000. Does, does, does this company have employees? No. Like, is there a board washer or something? <laughs> no. Board washer, though. Yeah. Oh. Okay, you, you get it? So outside of creating one hub to where 5,000 people can get from or just do a live video every day, I can just put Melissa Pretty Face up there, and that'll take care of it right there. Just put Melissa up there. She's got these... If I was writing a book, I would say she has, how would I say she has deceptively blue eyes, I would say. That's what I would say. I would say she has deceptively blue, in fact, I, I, would, put, I would put my weight on it. If she was the main character, I would say she has deceptively blue eyes. Like... Like the shore of the Atlantic Ocean, some, you know how to say something, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, something like that. You, know, you get the point. All right. This boom, right? what I would say, and they they sit upon her olive skins, blah blah blah. What I'm saying. Cool. I got your email too. I mean, your 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 thingy too, but the alternative right stop. Eight hundred thirty-five thousand, five thousand boards. So you just move five thousand to five thousand. Five thousand is a very realistic number, Jerome. Very realistic number. Very realistic number. Well, Antonio, how would you? So, so Thursday, tomorrow, and Friday, y'all gonna go over the marketing plan. If you participate, it's gonna be like a workshop. You are gonna build the market. Already built the marketing plan, but you. I'm going to try to guess what I'm going to do. I'll give you a hint. A few things I'm going to do come right out of Kev on stage old marketing strategy. A few things. A few things. So why do the board game? Because it is a way Jerome. It fulfills a need. Somebody needs it. I'm gonna I'm gonna completely use my blackness to my advantage. Get it not twisted. I'm gonna absolutely do that. I'm going to <clears throat> I'm going to go in black circles. 
I'm going to say, this is what I use to teach my kids that I'm going to have the entire conscious community. I'm going to pay five conscious community leaders to tell people about the board. And so that's it. I really don't even need, I don't, I don't even need to go outside the black community because creating financial wealth generationally, starting with your children, with a game like this, but I'm going to have to explain the game to you in a second. I don't even got to go outside the black community for this. This is, we, we like this kind of stuff. As crazy as the world gets, we, we keep on doing it. You know, we, we, we keep on going to these things to where we can be self-sufficient and autonomous. So why does this matter? Well, Grace, if I have a board game, I'm, my question to you now, Grace, becomes how many of one, two, three, four, five, how many of these seven categories have I touched? Okay, you touch economics, you touch finance. I did. I did. The whole board is about finance. But right. in this case, <clears throat> I'm controlling the economics, 835000 Right. With the, data, with the data information, you it's like you eat data, eat and breathe data. So you know you're right. Already got Remember this. I told you I'm going to create one hub. Right. Get the game from. I got no intention of this game being on Amazon. I'm going to create one hub that you got to get the game from. Hmm. Okay. The, the manufacturing, you already got it on lock. You just, uh, you just talked about it right now. <laughs> manufacturing, I have all that data. And then if I got all that data, I'm communicating with them. So I'm only leaving right. out infrastructure, infrastructure. and mm -hmm. human resources. But Melissa is going to come to me and say, you know what you should do, Antonio? You should make it an app too. And right there becomes infrastructure. And then Phil's going to say, Antonio, you should put this in the schools. And right there becomes communication. <laughs> right here, one thing. Where, where does seven this, of these. Where, where do the human resources fall in? Well, I don't know. Not with the board game. Okay. <laughs> Not with the board game. If I was to do it in this, like, if I was to partner with schools or something, even then I could, you know, create something human resource related to there because I would have to create these political relationships. But, you know, with the board game, it doesn't touch the, the human resources. Deanna, tell us about the game. Briefly. Five minutes. Gotcha. Who has ever played Monopoly? All right. <clears throat> what I love about this board game, what I love about point zero one is it takes it it's like Monopoly, but 100 times better. If you are looking for a game that actually helps you understand capitalism, money and real life. 
this is the game for you. It has, it's better than Monopoly because with Monopoly, you go to jail, you collect $200 when you pass go, you take the four houses and you build a hotel, but it never hits you with, oh, a storm hits and destroys your entire house. You have to pay child support. Um, your, um, I'm trying to think of other examples. Grace, give me an idea. I'm trying to go off the cuff here. <laughs> COVID, the, the, COVID the, hit. The, the COVID missed, hit. Yeah, missed the, some of the missed opportunity cards. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, you, a celebrity endorses your company. Like in this, in this game, you can be an entrepreneur. Like you can take your real life and play this game and, practically build out your life um you you have stocks in what, what's the name of the terrible cards what's the name of the terrible cards? those are called hold on <laughs> did, I, did, I, did, I, did i stick with the name foobar yes yes yeah, i think it foobar. is foobar like okay here i'm gonna give you guys an example of one okay so there there's something called disadvantage cards and one of those disadvantaged cards are called consistent procrastination. And the punishment of your consistent procrastination is you lose three turns. How, are, how many of you out there are persistent con, uh, procrastination? I don't raise your hand because I know you don't want to embarrass yourself like that. But, oh, okay, 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 Jerome. Okay, Uncle Jerome. Every can I, can I just say, huh? Because it okay. sounds like you called my name. Okay. <laughs> If you are persistently- I, I was going to raise my hand, but I'll do it later. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so, perfect example of the procrast consistent procrastination. Every time you procrastinate, you miss a turn in real life. And that's what I love about this game because while you're thinking- you're and, and everybody, everybody pulls a- uh, it's how many it's eight players or six players but it's 15 disadvantaged cards right i mean it's something like that 16 it's 16 16 disadvantaged cards and tell them when they tell them when they pull a disadvantaged card you have it written down i remember remind when me you start the game off when you start the game off oh, before yeah. you ever roll you pull a disadvantaged card yep you choose why your why kim because before you started your business, you already had a disadvantage. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like one one of the disadvantages, which kind yeah, of rubbed yeah, me the wrong way. Uh, one disadvantage that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was overeating of unhealthy foods and lack of exercise. Because I like my patty melt from Whataburger with my large French fries. Susan Sometimes would love that. Cake. Uh, love this card <laughs> <laughs> another disadvantage card the no, no 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 tell, tell, tell them what happens with the, that disadvantage oh, card. card so with this one it is i gotta go back to oh the punishment you begin the game losing one turn you give 500 dollars to the bank and you pulled a missed opportunity card because what it's what it's teaching you is when you don't take care of your body, you already lose. And when you don't eat right, when you don't exercise, when you when you do the, when you do things that are unhealthy for your body, you automatically miss a turn. And for a lot of people out here, and me, which I am, I am learning. That's why I'm on the the neuropath, the naturopathic uh, path, is because. There's only so much you can do with an unhealthy body. 
<laughs> if you're all if you're always sleepy, you're gonna sleep your you're gonna sleep your day away and you're gonna miss an opportunity. If you're always okay, sluggy, read some other cards. <laughs> read some other cards. <laughs> um another it's a disadvantage. Card. Remember, you start the game on everybody. I don't care. You could be you could be uh, old rich man, ain't nothing wrong with your life. In real life, you start off with a disadvantage card, all players. And, Re- and read a few of them, yeah. Um, oh, and real quick, and then what it also, te- what is also, if you're starting off with disadvantages and you have these disadvantages cards, it teaches you how to move past the disadvantages to still get to your desires. Another card on here is guessing instead of thinking. And the punishment is you mm. begin the game by pulling a missed opportunity card and losing a turn because you guessed instead of thinking it through. Another mm. one is... Um, inability to cooperate with others the punch the punishment is begin the game by losing a card you have to pull a missed opportunity card and pull a i'm gonna just say it's it's full bar but for those of y'all who i'm gonna just break it down so you understand the realness of this the punishment of inability to cooperate with others is you begin the game by losing a card you have to pull a missed opportunity card and you have to f- pull a fucked up beyond all re- all reality or I forgot recognition card, which means yeah, call it change the name, change the name to. Oh my god! Yeah, your screen froze. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> no worries. Change. I'm gonna just stay on the phone for a little bit. Change the name to. Oh my bad. Change the name to. What about this one? Are you talking about the FUBAR cards? That's unfair card. That's unfair card. There you go. Okay. Let me go find it. Uh, oh, yeah, just make a note. Make a, send a note, Grace. And then another one on here, which Antonio talks about all the time, but another one is wrong selection of a mate in marriage. The punishment, begin the game losing three turns and give $1,000 to the bank. And when you actually start playing these games, when you actually start playing the game and you start going through this process, um, you start like really digging in and paying attention to what you're doing, you'll realize that like, dang, this is real life and it helps you build and maneuver through real life situations, even though it's just a game. Like I used to play Monopoly and I used to hate, I used to love when somebody landed on my property and I used to hate landing on other people's property. I knew that the properties that you wanted were the the first ones right after go. And then everybody wanted Park Place, that whole line right there. You wanted all of the railroads. And is the light blue ones? I, that's that's the only way I remember them. Though they were light blue utilities. The yeah, oh yes, yeah. and the utilities, and you want oh, to yeah. So imagine taking something like Monopoly and making it extremely realistic. Like one of the um, one of the opportunity cards is a fourplex for sale a grocery store for sale. Um, Then you have a tenant damages your property. 
You have credit partner need wanted, video game investor wanted, mom and pop restaurant for sale, e-commerce drop right, shipping. You, 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 you can stop right there. We're going to explain it all tomorrow okay. and get in good detail. <laughs> Because they're going to come up with the marketing strategy. Well, they're going to come up. They're going to try to guess what I'm doing with the marketing strategy. And I will tell you all about the marketing strategy. And then all of you would have the opportunity to see all the other good stuff that you want to do as well. All of you had an opportunity. All of you had an opportunity. All right. Let's wrap this up, Deanna. We're going to go back over those questions. But tomorrow, we're going to go through the opportunities. Oh yeah, you did. You did. You did great, Joe. We're gonna go to the opportunities. We're gonna go to the opportunities, and we're gonna go through the marketing strategy. And my hope is, I know Adrian gonna be ready. Is you're gonna take something? You're gonna take your own company. You're gonna take your own company, and you will be able to. You'll be able to. Take what we're doing and do it for yourselves. That's my hope. That's my hope. Take what we're doing and do it for yourselves. Ooh. Well, Grace, wrap us up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Be prepared for tomorrow. Okay, today is Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, right? Yeah, today's Wednesday. So we've got Pain 2020 with Prophet J and Coach Renee this evening, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And then we've got, you've got five minutes with Mr. Vastine East, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, and 5 p.m. Central. Dr. Sugar, was there something you need, you wanted to share? Uh-oh. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm sorry. That was, I didn't mean to do that, but hello to everybody. Have a great day. Be blessed. <laughs> Stay warm. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dr. Sugar. Well, those are the two things we have this, uh, this evening. Come on and join us. Uh, again, thank you for joining us. Be prepared for tomorrow. You can plant better. You can dominate. Everyone, take care. Love you. Love you more. Love you, everybody. Love you more.